Alexa loses millions for Amazon. What does this mean for the future of voice assistants? This is Mac Voices. This week's Mac Voices is supported by Collide. Collide is an endpoint solution that uses the most powerful untapped resource in IT, end users. Learn more at collide.com slash macvoices. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. Folks, this is Mac Voices Live. It is Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. We are live in on YouTube at youtube.com slash TV with a number of our friends showing up in the chat room and hopefully more joining us uh, as we as we go. So with that, it's our pre-Thanksgiving show, which doesn't really mean anything because it's just, you know, another Tuesday night so far, but you never know what will happen. So far. So far, yeah, yeah. So let's go around the room. Let's see who all is here, and then we'll get to it. Um, I, I think people are starting to vie for the, the place of the angels up in my top left corner. This time, Eric Bolden got in first, so he's in that corner. Eric, good to see you. Hi, Chuck. Yeah. It's finally getting warmer again in Wisconsin. So, yeah, this is a yes, good week. Warmer? Well, it was a little chilly. Oh, okay. Days okay. ago, nine degrees, and now it's like in the 30s in short sleeve weather. So, I'm oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, worried there for a second, Eric. I thought, okay, global warming is really getting a little bit intense if you're saying <laughs> Wisconsin is warming up. Wow. David Ginsburg has been displaced from the the position of the Angels, but he's in my top right corner this time around. David, good to have you. Uh, good to be here. Thanks for having me. And it, it it did warm up actually today in Chicago, so we were in fifties. So what to do? Oh wow. Okay. Well, that's good. Jim Ray, we don't care what the temperature is where you are because it's never cold where you are. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> That's all that needs to be said. The only guy with a Thanksgiving theme going on uh, is his his background. Mr. Mark Fuccio is back from uh, travels all over the place. Mark, it's great to have, have you back. Chuck, it's great to be back and uh, look forward to a good discussion with you and the panel. And uh, maybe we can have a special prize, figure out how to do it. You know, we can figure out uh, in the image, you know, who's the president and who's the turkey. I was waiting for that joke somewhere, Mark. Thank you for making it. That was good. I like it. I like it. Webb Bixby is here. I, I said Webb is is dressed in black, and he's looking kind of, kind of ominous tonight. Good evening, Chuck, and and uh, Thanksgiving. Have a happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Good to be here. Great to have you. Last but absolutely not least, sneaking in uh, just before we started the show, Mr. Jeff Gamut. Jeff, welcome. Great to see you. It's always great to get to hang out with you and everyone else. So, yeah. And yeah. Uh, unless you need me to talk about Colorado weather, uh, we can skip it. Is there anything to say about it? Some days it's cold. Some days it's sunny. Some days it's both. <laughs> that Those statements qualify you as a weatherman. Good job. Thank you. Good job. You're talking about fire danger here. Really? Yeah, that just yep. sucks. Is it is that because of the the dryness, Jim? Yeah, but I guess specifically on Thanksgiving, it's going to be warm and windy. Oh, okay. Santa well, Ana. 
San Anas, yeah. Well, then our best to you <clears throat> and everyone in California who might be facing maybe a, a not so great Thanksgiving. Let's hope nothing happens. They're talking um, about preemptively shutting off the power in certain areas. Really? Wow. Not okay. where I am, but not far from here. No, I hope I hope everything goes goes quietly for you. That's so we all. have bad weather here. It's just different. Yeah, that's true. Everybody has bad weather. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, I threw our first story in the chat room tonight because um, as I was uh, eating dinner, um, there seemed to be a lot of articles about this and a lot of opinions being thrown around. Um, this is an article from Ars Technica. It's in both chat rooms now um, about uh, Amazon Alexa is a colossal failure on, place, on pace to lose $10 billion this year. Um, I think, let's see, who, who brought this in? Was, Jim, were you the one? That uh, this? Mark and uh, I both. Mark, you, Mark yeah. brought it in and I was going to. Yeah, yeah you, you were both really interested in this. Mark, um, I'll, I'll let you talk a little bit about what your impressions are, because I know I have some. Um, and then, well, I'll let you go. Okay, yeah. So it, my thinking, um, when first looking at it, um, $10 billion seems like a you know, big number. And then doing a little bit of calculations, um, and then uh, digging in, doing a little bit of research. Um, I have, I, I think Amazon you know, it separately will be laying off 10,000 people. Um, and separately, you know, they're indicating they might uh, write off uh, $10 billion worth of stuff. You know, I don't think it's all $10 billion related to Alexa. Um, there's no way I can do any math that sort of um, justifies that. You know, for instance, assuming that uh, there were 10,000 people on it, uh, assuming a burden cost of 200000 each, which is probably a little bit low, but we can illustrate the point. Yeah, that would be only $2 billion if they were to give them a full year's worth of severance. So how you get to the other $8 billion um, just doesn't make any sense. Uh, and also, uh, you know, I suspect that um, they're going to have to be uh, closing, you know, factories and unused uh plants and distribution centers where they've taken leases and things. So I think the $10 billion is more looking at a total uh, write-off or write-down that they might have uh, this quarter. Uh, Having said that, you know, it begs the question, well, what about Alexa? Because I know some, you know, Apple, uh, you know, fanboys uh, who actually absolutely love Alexa and hate Siri. And I think it all turns on, you know, their their voice or their particular accent that, you know, Siri can't recognize them, whereas Alexa does. So uh, digging in, doing a little bit of, you know, research uh, behind this thing, uh, I think in uh, the uh, in, in the Ars Technica article, you know, there's uh, numbers where they talk about uh, number of users of, you know, Google, Alexa, and Siri. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, Siri is in second place, around, I believe, 77 million, you know, Google's in third place around, sorry, Alexa's in third place around 71 million users, you know, which is a hell of a lot of users. And I think it really begs the question of what were they trying to hope for in bringing Alexa out? Uh, Was this just a science project uh, that, uh, you know, Jeff Bezos had? Uh, Because it didn't seem to have any, uh, you know, purpose or sense in terms of 
how it you know helps uh, Amazon. Um, you know, the purpose of Siri is you know it's another way to interact uh, with the Apple devices. And at a point I've been making for several years on this show that you know, Apple is now competing you know not on a device per device, but on the totality of their ecosystem and how all their devices you know integrate together. And the fact that have Siri from everything from your watch, your Mac, your phone, you know your HomePod. Uh, you know, it is a, it's a it's a great you know asset that you know, helps you know harmonize experience across all their devices, just like handoff and continuity and you know other other Apple features. You know, so it seems that um, you know Alexa may be a very capable you know voice assistant. Um, it's had a number of black eyes in terms of privacy and things, um, but you know I, I think the broader bigger reason is that. Uh, Amazon's new CEO Andrew Jassy, he's come under pressure to sort of you know fix the business and uh, you know actually boost uh, profitability. So I think you know, big science projects you know like uh, Alexa you know, are probably uh, on the chopping block. Because if I look at other Amazon hardware products, things like um, you know the uh, Eero uh, wi- mesh Wi-Fi that we've discussed here on the show and many times you know in in uh, uh, after after show, people are very, very, very pleased with that. Looking at those prices, it looks like those things are generating profits to the bottom line. Uh, you know, some of the commentary out there is that uh, Alexa is, is uh, part of the reason it's vulnerable is that Amazon was, you know, selling everything at cost. I don't know if it's at cost or, or not, but certainly, you know, they don't have uh, very much uh, profits uh, if they have uh, any at all. You know, with the Echo Dot selling at you know fifty bucks list price, and used to be you can get it for twenty five or thirty bucks on Black Friday and around holidays and other specials. So, you know, I think uh, Alexa is um, you know a story that uh, has helped, and uh, I think this is probably one of the few times I can say Alexa buy a thousand rolls of toilet paper. You know, so with that, I'll send it back to you or maybe over to Jim. Well. Uh- Mark, clarify if you would, just to be sure here. So, what what was the ranking you said? Was it Alexa, Google, Siri? Is that correct? In terms of users, yes, yeah. I believe it's. I know, I believe it is a Google, then Siri in the middle, and then Alexa in third place. Okay, really? Sure. Hmm. Yeah, wanted to be sure we got that. Yeah, from Jeff- memory, I, from memory, I think. I think it was uh, around like maybe 84, 82, 84 million for Google, about 77 million for Siri, and about 72, 71 million for uh, for Alexa. Are people using the Google just into their Android phones? Or I, I can't believe they're the leader in devices. Well, you, you I'm have. Reporting, I'm just reporting what I read in the article. I. I don't know enough about the Google to know how widely used it is and what its uses modes are. But again, yeah. I don't forget with Google, you have, I think that also rolls up uh, Google partners as well. Jeff? Okay. Um, uh, yeah, Google being in the top spot, no surprise. Um, they they have uh, a, a presence with their, their Google Home voice on a lot more than just phones. Um, and uh, 
Uh, and keep in mind, they also have their voice appliances and there are third party companies that are making uh, Google Home compatible uh, uh, or Google Home voice capable devices as well. Um, I honestly was surprised that Siri was higher than than uh, Alexa. But uh, as far as as Alexa being a failure, a colossal failure, Alexa, stop. Um the uh, this totally makes sense to me because Amazon went into the A Lady project with with a very clear uh, uh, goal, and the goal was to create a platform that uh, generates additional sales through their other channels. And what they discovered is exactly what Google and Apple apparently are discovering, which is that people use devices like this to turn on their lights and set timers. Now, now, yes, I'm generalizing to a degree, but the intent that uh, that companies like Amazon assumed users would go for is not what has happened at all. So... Yeah, this this is a product that is not generating the revenue that it should. Um, the, then we have the uh, the added problem with the the voice assistant market is mediocre at best for quality. Um, there 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 are people that that will prefer of the three, you know, uh, a lady, g lady, s lady, one of those. And uh, the other two, they'll think, are pretty crappy. My experience having all three and doing lots of testing with all three is that turns out they're all actually pretty crappy, and uh, they're all unreliable. And if you if you try to use these the way that companies market them to us, which is that these are like Star Trek, you just talk to the air and magic happens. No. None of these will do that. And uh, and if you're like me, you will end up in arguments with your devices, trying to get them to do the one thing that you expect them to do, turn a light on or off. And um, and even worse for someone like me, since I have all three in here, I eventually give up and, and ask one of the other devices to do the thing that the first one couldn't do or to fix the thing that the first one did wrong or whatever it is. Anyhow, so I'm not surprised that Amazon is scaling back on their resources that are going into the A-Lady project. And uh, and at the same time, I expect that this product line will stick around. Um, probably not as many refreshes as we get from them now. Uh, I expect the same thing with Google, and uh, and at this point, I've transitioned from thinking, yeah, Apple's going to come out with something that replaces or that that gives us features like the original HomePod, uh, you know, a bigger device. And I'm at the point now where I'm thinking, you know, I think the HomePod Mini might be as far as Apple goes with uh, with a smart speaker. Uh, lineup because i don't think that there's there's really a market there for any of these companies especially since we already have iphones and apple watches and ipads the uh the home pod line i think is uh is 
a hard sell, just like the Echo line is a hard sell and the, the Google speaker line is a hard sell. Jeff, I think you're a bridge too far on on the last, uh, you know, wrapping in uh, the different audio devices, because uh, I, I think that the original HomePods, I think Apple caught, caught you know, flat-footed and off-balance you know, when everybody else was looking at Echo and uh you know, at Amazon and uh, Google and Apple came out with a device that was for audio quality and they sort of had a last minute retrofit to put uh, Siri onto it. So um, I, you will have to see what Apple does in terms of the audio reproduction device market, which, you know, I think overlaps with smart speakers, but is not identical to it. Yep. Um, I expect that we will see the voice assistant market to continue, although it wouldn't surprise me to see all three of the big players scale back their funding that goes into those projects. The extension of that being the uh, the smart speaker business, um, I, I don't think this is a moneymaker for any of these companies, and uh, and <laughs> – I think that it's going to be a long time before we see a a major innovation in that space that uh, that really kicks this, that part of the market forward. And with the, that, uh, I'll go ahead. I'm sorry. <clears throat> uh, the, well, the other thing too is you, you have third party companies that are getting the voice assistant added to them. In the case of like Echo B for the, the thermostat, I have that on mine. You know, Sonos with their their, their Move speaker, you can do both. A lady and Google Home, you, you, it's your choice. You can't do both, um, um, but you, so you, it, it seems like they're also trying to extend out and go to the third-party uh, devices as well. So, but I, I agree with you, uh, Jeff, on the fact that you know, a lot of these, um, all the all the voice assistants are just the market's kind of stagnant. I mean, I just don't know where it's going to go and how it's uh, going to pr- proceed. So. This week's Mac Voices is brought to you by Collide. Collide is a fleet visibility solution for Mac, Windows, and Linux that can help you securely scale your business. The challenge with endpoint security has always been that it's difficult to scale. And when remote work took over, the challenge got exponentially harder. With remote work continuing to be widespread, the challenge remains. You need visibility into your fleet of devices in order to meet security goals and reduce service desk tickets. But how do you get that visibility when different parts of your company run on Mac, Windows, and Linux? You get Collide. Collide is an endpoint security solution that gives IT teams a single dashboard for all devices, regardless of their operating system. Collide gives you real-time access to your fleet's data and can do things that traditional MDMs can't. And instead of installing intrusive agents or locking down devices, Collide takes a user-focused approach that communicates security recommendations to your employees directly on Slack. You can answer every question you have about your fleet without intruding on your workforce. Visit collide.com slash macvoices to find out how. If you follow that link, they'll hook you up with a goodie bag just for activating a free trial. That's Collide. K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash MacVoices. Collide dot com slash MacVoices. Thanks to Collide for supporting this week's MacVoices. In the chat room, Rich says, I use Alexa mainly because the dots are super cheap, $20. Uh, usually ask what's the weather, etc. But now Prime Music, Prime includes music. 
yeah. set up dots for stereo, but sometimes they're very hard to set up. But he uses Siri when mobile for mobile and CarPlay. Right. So mm-hmm. interesting that you know because this doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, yeah, and because Amazon did try to extend and get their car device to a little thing look like a little pack of gum that. Yeah, there's one I, I sitting tried, in the glove box in my car. Yeah, I tried it, and I think it's in a box somewhere now. I I thought it was kind of useless because it just just didn't work right. And and why do I want to have this that thing sitting on my dash to have? And to, then you to, have to connect it to your phone. Yeah. So why not just use your phone for the voice <laughs> assistant? Just use my phone as voice voice yeah. assistant, right? Webb, you were shaking your head pretty vigorously when Jeff said that his experience is mediocre at best. Um, is that your? Oh, oh your absolutely, too? absolutely. Um, uh, like like David, I have uh, the Echobee thermostats, and they have uh, Alexa built into those. Um, uh, in my world, I have both the the uh, the, the HomePod and the Alexa device, and and uh, and Jeff's described it much better than I ever could. Is that you ask one device to do something, it it doesn't do it or doesn't do it right. So then I ask this other device to fix what the first device couldn't do right so um yeah it's it's i and i also agree with mark is that uh, 10 billion is a big number and i'm not sure how they get there unless they're saying that they had some revenue anticipation of uh, uh people ordering a lot of stuff through alexa you know their amazon orders and that just didn't come through that's the only way that i could figure that they were losing 10 billion dollars was some lost opportunity that they never ever achieved so Anyway, they're, they're trying to make it look good so that Elon will buy it. <laughs> <laughs> that'll fix everything. Yeah, that'll really fix it. There you go. There you He's go. not interested unless it's losing at least 10 million. <laughs> you know, I, one thing I think is interesting is you go back a few years and everyone was like, oh, Apple is left out, and left behind, and they've, they've blown it. And uh, yeah, looks like, nope, they did not. Don't you think uh, that the same kind of story is with Google Glasses? Everyone mm-hmm. was like, "Oh, you know, Google has cornered that market, and it's, you know, they've they've frozen Apple out, and um, you know, Apple's doomed because Google has cornered the glasses, the the you know, which is going to be the whole future of the the industry." Um, so this is very, you know, the pundits like to. You know, go off on these tangents, and you know, certainly, I, I thought the voice assistants, you know, same thing. That you know, are these really that useful? Um, I've never used any of them. I, uh, I have an Echo Dot. I got free with an order a couple of years ago, a few years ago. I never even took it out of the box, and I don't use Siri, which is in any all of my devices. Interesting. Eric, how about you? I think it's just a little bit early and a bunch of the devices kind of peaked and kind of matured um, early on. People seem to be somewhat more happy, I think, with with uh, Google and Amazon um, because it seemed like it recognized more things. Uh, but I, I keep seeing improvements in Siri over time and it's getting... The accuracy is getting better. It's not It's not more complete. You can't have a conversation, but something simple like asking about the weather or um, 
asking for short bits of information or trying to send a note to someone while you're driving in the car, that kind of thing I'm finding to be a lot more successful now than it was eight months ago, certainly much more successful than a year ago. Uh, and I, I see all of that as practice for when you try to do something like glasses where you don't have a whole lot of an interface unless you're planning on whipping out your phone every time you're trying to use your glasses. There's, I think you're going to need some sort of audio or touch control for at least some things you're doing. So I'm hoping that really just a little bit more time, more data, and, and the speakers give you the ability to collect that kind of information. Yeah. I, I think, I'm oh, sorry, go on. Um, I, I think that uh, uh, when we're looking at the at the long-term game for, for the big three players, Alexa's in the worst position overall. Um, when you look at the, at the general business model for um, uh, the, the voice assistants, uh, Amazon's goal is to sell you stuff. Google's goal is to sell you and and Apple's goal is to sell you their stuff their own stuff so uh Google already has a a, a built-in revenue stream which is where the customer where you know where the product Apple they have enough money they can play the long game and uh and continue to evolve their voice assistant to uh to build in uh, uh more loyalty into their ecosystem, whereas Amazon, they have to figure out how how can they really monetize their voice assistant platform, and uh, and the goal was get us to buy more stuff on Amazon, and that's not happening. Mark, yeah, I was going to say I um, agree. I think with uh, with Eric and Webb that uh, Siri is getting a little bit better. Uh, it, it seems that it's most useful and accurate when you tell it to do things relative to controlling your particular devices, et cetera. Um, unlike a couple of years ago now, if you ask it a complex question, it's coming back with, oh, I can't tell you, but I found things on the web and do you want me to send it to your phone? So, you know, it's it's getting a little bit uh, smarter instead of just saying, oh, I don't know anything about that or whatever it's uh, default phrase is but again just stepping back you know this is a hard problem I mean, the fact that uh, it can it can recognize and it can do as you know good a job at uh, dictation and translation uh is uh is a really uh or all of them is uh worthy of you know giving the gold star you know, for for accomplishment and again just thinking about alexa this is not the first time Bezos, you know, took a big swing and a big bet that didn't pay off because we all remember his uh, his uh, his uh, you know phone uh, <laughs> uh, that they came out with. You know, so um, I had one <laughs> I think, yeah, did, for for whatever reason it didn't work out, but uh, you know they certainly helped move things forward, and uh, uh, certainly it was a competitive threat that uh, I don't think Siri would be as good now if it didn't have Alexa as a, a competitor. So, um, you know, let's not have, uh, you know, let's not uh, let's let's not dance on uh, on the coffin of uh, you know a competitor who had a product that didn't work out because you know 
they were helping in moving the entire marketplace forward, albeit indirectly. So there are a couple things here, and, and I want to, in fact, there are a number of things I want to explore just a little bit. Jeff, your point, uh, the breakdown of, you know, what Google's purpose was, what Amazon's purpose was, what Apple's purpose was, was pretty good. Um, you know, I look at this and say, well, first of all, I want to give credit to John Gruber. Um, he his he made uh, a little, uh, po- well, not a little post on Daring Fireball today, pointing out that all of a sudden um, Apple HomePods don't look quite as expensive as they did, did a little while ago, because they're, for the most part, and, and and I'm thinking what uh, Rich was saying about the Echo Dots, you know, yeah, there's some there's some decent um, Alexa devices from a speaker from a music speaker standpoint, but not all of them by any means. And you know, the HomePods seem to be have been marketed as speakers from the beginning, you know, at, at both the, both the full size and the minis, and so they kind of have a place in. A lot of people accused Alexa of, excuse me, of Apple of just bolting on Siri onto those as opposed to developing it the way Alexa did, the way Amazon did for Alexa. Got to get this straight, too many A's. (laughs) So, you know, I I feel like, yeah, there's, I mean, there's something to be said for that because we all had to buy Alexa devices. Now we had to buy HomePods too, but I think most of us, didn't purchase them specifically as Siri devices. Somebody dispute me and dispute that. If if you did, then good for you. I you know I never looked at my HomePod as a Siri device. It was it was a decent speaker that happened to have a voice assistant built in. Does, is that a fair assessment? I mean, is any mm-hmm. did anybody buy these specifically as Siri devices? Not uh, I. Well, no. I didn't buy one, but I, I don't see why you wouldn't buy it unless you were planning on using Siri. Uh, if you want a speaker, there's tons of, you know, great Bluetooth and even AirPlay options, you know, out there. The the HomePod, you can't even use as a speaker. Except to play out of Apple's, you know, ecosystem. Right. But again, you know, we're back into the discussion of Apple's ecosystem. That was the way that audio got out of, you know, or or, or was addressed in Apple's ecosystem. Yeah, except, really, you know, I could buy a nice little Bluetooth speaker and just play it off my phone. Um, and it'd be battery powered and, you know, et cetera. I mean, I, I don't need a, a HomePod. You know, the whole thing about a HomePod is it's standalone. And I can just say, HomePod, play, play this. I think yeah, I, I it, still think that the uh, the HomePod, the original HomePod, as a speaker was exceptional. The sound quality was exceptional. Out of out of all the other devices that were out there, that was the one thing that I really liked about it. Um, but well, for seven hundred dollars, uh, you could buy a nice. Not that saying that theirs wasn't, but there's other there, there's uh, an Apple tax that go. There. There's an Apple tax that goes with it. I don't deny that. So, uh, you know, I always resist the word Apple Apple tax because that implies that you had to. I don't know that that implies something <clears throat> something negative. It's just like okay, Apple priced them at that price. Apple and, premium. Okay, maybe an Apple premium. That that feels a little better because it it was a premium product. There's no question about it. Um, you know, and it didn't necessarily sell as well as they would have liked, but. That's what you do when you when you in, 
when you get Apple devices. You know, you, you're paying a premium for a premium product. Well, and part of what Apple was doing, uh, which we've touched on already, is uh, was releasing a product that was designed to uh, to help keep people in the Apple ecosystem. So when you bought when you bought the original HomePod, yes, you were buying uh, a good speaker. And uh, and there were some comparisons that were done that that said, hey, you know, if you bought this uh, as a comparable product from another company, it would be a lot more and, uh, and uh, whatever. The the thing is that when Apple released the HomePod, they they were giving us a good speaker, but they were also giving us a a, a voice assistant device and a, a HomeKit bridge, and uh, and doing all of that in one i mean that's clearly a product that's designed to be sold to people with the intent of making sure that they continue to use apple products yeah yeah mark you want you want it in yeah so i have a follow up for jim i mean it sounds like you know you were pointing out that yes there are other devices at different price points that will work with apple and then it seems like you got cut off. So it seems like you have another half of your thought that hasn't been articulated. Uh, I don't think so. I, <laughs> I I was just saying that although, you know, like the HomePod's a good speaker, especially the big one, um, you know, it takes took $700 to buy a stereo pair. And there's some other, you know, products out on the market if you just want a speaker. And one, one thing that hasn't been brought up that um, is, you know, I wonder where the cost is on all of these products. I'm kind of suspecting that most of it is on the back end and, you know, not the device. Um, these devices, you know, they don't have much in them um, and there's not a lot of R&D, you know, they don't even have a screen. Um, so, you know, five, you know, pennies worth of parts and stuff like that. But, on the back end, all this stuff is happening on servers and people trying to write better, you know, software, um, you know, for the recognition and stuff. I suspect that's where most of the most of the expense is. Um, so if uh, Amazon is cutting expense, that's probably where it's going to go and, and not improving it. I kind of think, you know, these were oversold you know especially when amazon came out with theirs and, and and people were ready to believe it that you know people were like oh you know how 9000 is here i can talk to my this device and you know then so they sold a ton of them and they and then people figured out oh i can't really talk to this device and you know you certainly can't have a conversation with it you know each each interaction with it is completely separate. Um, so you can't clarify, which is what people always want to do. You know, they, they, they give some instruction or ask a question and it doesn't come up with the right thing. And I've seen this, people do this so many times, like they do with a person, they'd be like, oh, well, I meant this. Well, it has no memory of what you just asked it 10 seconds ago. Um, and, and, and so ultimately the products were, you know, nowhere near what people imagined and, and hoped and thought they were buying. So, you know, I, I, I suspect a lot of the interest is, 
people are like, oh yeah, I tried that. It sucked. Never mind. So I'm curious. I think you're right, Jim. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, Mark, you want you want to go in? Um, yeah, I would. So. I would. I would try to clarify. Hopefully not. I don't want to be pedantic, but uh, when Jim says he talks about the cost, you know, of these products, you know, um, th- that's too big a bucket. I think we need to uh, we need to subdivide it into there's the cost of the physical product that somebody buys. And then there's the cost of providing uh, the voice enabled and other services that, you know, Apple or Amazon or Google bear. Uh, and, uh, and, and they're very, very different. And in, in the case of Apple, where they make Siri a part of the ecosystem across all of their products, they have a base of uh, millions or billions of units of which to, you know, uh, amortize you know, the, the cost of you know, their servers and bandwidth and everything else. Uh, and that's something that clearly you know, Google or an Amazon doesn't have because they're not selling anything. You know, their bet is, oh, well, this will somehow lead you to buy more stuff from me. Um, you know, so uh, in, in in that regard, you know, and we've, we've discussed on the show, you know, at each of uh, the product launches, that uh, you know, Apple has really done a hell of a job in terms of the original HomePod. Why is it expensive? Well, it's got seven speakers in it, small little ones, plus the one big woofer, plus you know the electronics, plus you know a couple, you know, a couple mics, um, and yes, maybe three fifty originally was a sticker shock, but the price did come down over time before it was discontinued, which is exactly the sort of you know, behavior that uh, you know you would like to see and would expect, and then. The, the HomePod Mini has been ninety nine bucks, and then you know, there are specials at them that uh, you know where they sell even lower. So um, you know, I think that yeah, there's they're a little bit higher than uh, some of the other things, but I think get real. Would you rather listen to an Amazon Amazon Dot or you know a HomePod? You know, if you want to have a good music listening enjoyment experience. Oh, Mark. Uh- the Echo Dot is wonderful for for making that happen because you can pick one up for like 25 bucks and do like I did and put uh and plug a really nice set of shell speakers into it. And it costs way less than than getting a home pod and then hook your your Apple ID into it. And now you have a really good um uh, Apple Music uh, stereo system in your home. How does for... an Echo Dot play Apple Music? Sure, it it will link to your Apple Music account. That was new, really? I think, earlier this oh, year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, uh, maybe early little... last year. Yeah, I think it was. It was. It, it wasn't right off the bat. It eventually came around to that. <laughs> but cool. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, you can connect any of the streaming music services to your uh, uh, Echo, and then y- you can even set it so whichever one you want is the default. Um, and then for the others, you just say, hey, a lady, play whatever on Spotify or Apple Music or whatever, and then it just picks up and runs with whatever service you've connected and uh, it's it, it works surprisingly well 
So again, does anyone remember about five, six years ago, Amazon came out with these little Amazon buttons that were, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You plug it to buy dog food or baby diapers mm-hmm. or anything else. So, I mean, I, I think they've been experimenting with all sorts of things to make it easier to buy things. It seems that probably the thing that, from my viewpoint, probably resonates, has the most uh, stickiness is you know, you can get uh, subscriptions on things like, uh, you know, like dog food or, you know, eye drops for your dogs, you know, on uh, on Amazon. They'll say, would you like, would you like a one-time buy or would you like to set up a subscription? We'll give you this much discount if you set it up as a subscription. So, uh, you know, clearly, you know, they're experimenting with different ways to, you know, maximize. Uh, the Have you set up any of those subscriptions? Yes. And then Because I'm like, every time I'm like, no, no, no. On, on some things I have, and then I've canceled them because you know the 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 you sort of like the frequency is if you like it for like four so consume something over a four week period, it you know it will give you a subscription of a three week period. So after a while, you develop a stockpile of stuff and shit. I don't need this, and you just cancel the subscription. But again, uh-huh. it's Amazon, right? They're maximizing the amount of stuff that they sell you, whether you need it at that time or not. Uh, on, right. on the whole thing of uh, uh, buying from from Amazon, those of us with Echo devices, how many people other than me have actually made purchases through their Echo device? Oh, I'm sure by my saying, Alexa, buy a thousand rolls of toilet paper for Jeff, that <laughs> I'm guilty of buying stuff on other people's behalf. I am so glad that uh, that when I do podcasts, I have inner monitors, so uh, my a ladies cannot hear you buying stuff for me. <laughs> yes. And and for the rest of the world, Mark is the one that just caused the toilet paper shortage. And, and everybody um, has been listening. And we've we've triggered the, their a lady a number of times tonight. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so so first of all, across all the voice assistants. Have our expectations been too high? I'm not sure yes. who said it earlier, but you know, we we all I think expected Star Trek, and when we didn't get it, we started to complain. And I don't know if if we uh, those expectations just stayed there as new Star Trek series came out and just got you know more. So we got less and less enchanted with these devices, um, or did did some of us and I'll, I'll count myself in this did some of us come to recognize their limitations and use them for what they were good for and my the, and I'll, I'll speak for myself my frustration level i consider my my frustration level with with um the aoad and with the SOAD both as minimal because i don't have huge expectations for them and when they do come through and tell me something you know, more than I expect, I'm pleasantly surprised. As a software developer, my expectation was negative from from the beginning, which is why I've never bought any or used any. So, you know, I don't really, but, you know, that's probably unfair because I've got some view of the how the sausage is made, you know, and I've seen other people that have no idea how software works and they expected this to work like a person. But my biggest dissatisfaction, frankly, with Siri is sometimes you get regression. Like you used to be able to ask it, hey, Siri, what's the market cap of Apple and Microsoft? 
whatever this most recent upgrade was about a week or 10 days ago, you know, can't answer that. You know, it, once upon a time, it used to be able to do that. Why Siri got dumber on that, I have no idea. I asked her and, you know, she said, oh, I can't, it's not about me. You know, what can I help you with? You know, and then the other thing is just the flakiness of the availability of the service. Because, um, you know, I think uh, I went into it, what is this good for? What can it do? Um, and I didn't expect it to have, you know, a conversation. I didn't expect it to be, you know, like, uh, you know, you know, like even, you know, you know, you know, like even a sixth grader in terms of the ability to have, you know, conversation and, you know, give it a task and it can go off and do it. Um, so I've been surprised, you know, at the increase in functionality. You know, I think I was sort of aligned with Jim that, yes, I had low expectations going into it. Um, but to me, the biggest source of dissatisfaction is, you know, it's it's there and then it's not. It's there and then it's not. It's very, very reliable for months and then it's not. And that's the sort of stuff that just makes your head explode. Have you guys ever heard of the Uncanny Valley? Yes. Mm-hmm. Kelly has. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, I think that's that's part of the problem here is, you know, these devices are kind of into that a little bit. So, you know, they make you think that, you know, they are really going to, you know, act like humans. But, you know, because they have this sort of resemblance, I mean, usually I think that's not so much speech, but I don't see why it couldn't be applied to that. Um, so you start interacting with it like it's going to, you know, act like a person, but it doesn't. And so then that becomes very frustrating and disorienting. Right. I don't know. Was it was it Webb or Jeff? It's you know said that one of the problems with Siri is it, it has no memory, it so it has no context for how it just that was me. Calls. Okay. Yeah. And that's again. That's, but, I mean, very, you know, that's, that's a very that's, difficult that's, problem. Yeah. I, yeah. That's a general AI problem. I mean, you know, so there's two aspects. One is that kind of they're kind of getting voice recognition down pretty good. You know, so I think that's where these things came from. It's like, oh, we can do voice recognition. And that just keeps getting better and better. I mean, my gosh, look, we've got automatically generated cop captions now that work pretty good, you know, as we're talking right now. Um, but that's only a small part of, you know, the, of the problem. And even if you could just type in, you know, we're, we're nowhere near making, you know, emulating interacting with a human and i you know i don't expect to see that in my lifetime or even if i had grandkids i don't think they would see it um so you know i think i think people looked at oh we've got the voice recognition so we're done and that turned you know that's just not the case yeah, I, um, I don't know what to speculate on what they thought, but uh, yeah, it's clear it's not going to pass the Turing test, you know, for quite some time. Brett in the chat room st- says, "I still think Siri won't unlock its full potential, and you can until you can actually use it as a smart assistant to book travel arrangements, order takeout, or do some more tasks." And Brett, I kind of agree with you, but that's that thinking is kind of where why I asked the question: Did were our expectations too much? I mean, what Jim's point is great, you know, because we turned on transcriptions uh, for the stream for the first time 
kind of be by accident tonight, but it gives you a good sample of just how good some of the recognition can be. It's the it's the parsing of the meaning that it seems to be where things fall apart a little bit. This Mac Voices Live panel is back in the next edition of Mac Voices to finish up our conversation about voice assistants, our expectations of them, and how well they do or don't deliver. That's next time on Mac Voices. We'll see you then. As always, I'm Chuck Joyner. Thanks for watching. Visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page and get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices Magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com macvoices or by making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode. You will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at backbeatmedia.com. Bandwidth provided by Cashfly at cashfly.com.